We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Ball loose. Give me one, Lance. Give me one, Lance. Stevenson ties it with 1.6. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly and hits again. Halliburton at the buzzer. Captain Kush with another one. Brogdon goes inside and Turner finishes. Halliburton leaves it off for Batase. Go, go. Good job. Oh, what a move by Heald. He lays it in. Heald. Hotter than fish grease. Drops it off to Jalen Smith with the poster. Jackson the catch. Jackson the basket. Washington again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal. Out running is Brissette. Pounds it home. It to Taylor. Taylor missed it. Tips it in. Warren lets it fly. Yes! T.J. Warren is not human. Halliburton going to slam it at the other end. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Just a quick heads up. Me and Fachi were going to do a live reaction show. And as we were doing it and recording it, Fachi, I think we would agree it just was better to restart and just recap what happened because, quite frankly, pretty boring on the Pacers front. And we were all over the place. Guys, we scrapped an entire episode because we thought this was going to be like, man, six o'clock hits, Pacers got all this money, what are we going to do with it? And then we waited and we waited and we highlighted some other signings. We hoped for the best, but then nothing happened at all. So we're like, you know what, let's just get rid of that episode. Let's just do it at a later time today where we could recap free agency instead of circling around trying to buy some time. So, hey, we're back at it again, Alex. Yeah, I think if I counted correctly, Fachi, there was 36 important, like, su- like not super important, but significantly important signings slash extensions. And then you had your handful of random contracts like Devon Reed signing um, throughout the day. But I think there were some really significant ones. Obviously, you got to start things off first going with these extensions. Uh, Bradley Bill got one for $251 million for five years. Devin Booker got a four-year extension for $214 million. And then Nikola Jokic got a five-year $264 million contract. So some of the bigger names off the board there in terms of extensions. And I think Bill was the only one that was actually unrestricted. So, you know, it's pretty clear those guys will be locked up. You cannot trade them. The only name missing from that big name 
uh, group there, Fachi, in my opinion, in terms of signing is Zach Levine, still not signed with the Wolves. Zach Levine is one of those contracts that I thought it was going to be six o'clock on the dot yeah. reported. And, and I read reports, you know, weeks ago that it was like, oh, it's all but a sure thing. Like this deal will get done. Very surprised we didn't hear anything on that at all. Uh, you know, there to me, I, I always felt like Beal was going to resign. How are you going to pass up five years? So, yes, while he declined. You were hoping he would resign with your Wizards. Yeah, right. Don't even. <laughs> so, I, look, while, while anyone would think, well, he's going to decline that money, he's only declining so he could make even more money. So, yeah. you know, those deals, some of the numbers are just getting outrageous, $250, $260 million. But, look, that's the, that's the era that we live in. So, uh, a few of the lesser deals that were still, you know, big hundred plus million dollar deals. Jalen Brunson officially put pen to paper yeah. uh, w- with the New York Knicks. So that's a signing we had heard about for days. Well, now that signing is official. Looks like Dallas wasn't even remotely close to matching. They were actually offering a five year. I want to say it was 106 or $104 million. So significantly less with an extra year attached. So that's a no brainer for Jalen Brunson, but, Another hundred plus million dollar deal, Anthony Simons returning yeah. to Portland. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, he was the I think the only restricted free agent that I can recall that got his extension done today with the team that currently has the bird rights to him. And you know, four for a hundred, it's a lot, but at the same time, I think if you see the upside in Simons, you see why Portland is so invested in him. They've got Shade and Sharp. They've got Jeremy Grant. They've got Damian Lillard. They're a team outside of this uh, re-signing of Simons. They haven't done too much. They're a team I would keep an eye on in terms of Kevin Durant, but at the same time, I just don't really know what they're going to offer. Could they throw in? I mean, I, th- I think they'd be fine throwing in Shaden Sharp, right? Um, yeah, it's KD, you know. Yeah, so Shaden Sharp. But other than that, you're not trading Dame, so it's not going to really get anywhere. So personally for me, I don't think that, Portland has the assets to, to go out and get a Kevin Durant, but, you know, I think they would really like him. They'd probably be willing to offer every single pick that they can, they can get rid yeah. of. But at that point, you know, I, I think, I think Portland's in an okay spot. Still don't love the future that it seems kind of cloudy out there still. It doesn't seem like it's that bright. And I, I understand Dame Lillard is Dame Lillard and he's really good. And Simons is really good, but outside of those two, they just don't really have a whole lot to me. So um, I get why you pay for Simons, but at the same time, I just don't love the way right now, anyway, the Portland roster looks. No, I don't, but they barely have players under contract. Like Nurkic is still a free agent. So we'll see what they do over there. So they have a lot of holes to fill, but a name that you brought up, Kevin Durant. When I woke up this morning, I was expecting, oh my God, it's here, free agency. Like, I can't wait. And then Kevin Durant just ruined it. And I felt like a kid that got Christmas taken away because when Kevin Durant requested his trade, all of a sudden it felt like it almost put the league on hold. They're almost on pause unless your name is, uh, you know, Amir Coffey or, uh, or Damian Jones, like those guys that are Kevin signing Knox. for – Yeah, Kevin Knox. Like those are the guys that are still signing. But the, the, we didn't see a lot of the teams making those splashes in it because – I think Kevin Durant has teams saying, whoa, 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 I don't know if I want to spend this money yet when we still need a, we still have a chance at Durant. So I think he kind of threw a curveball in free agency, but there was a couple big names that, you know, I thought, to be honest, I woke up thinking DeAndre Ayton could be a pacer today. I don't even know who he met with. 
I haven't heard anything. So yeah. only know, thing I, I heard, only thing I heard, Fachi, is that Minnesota reached out to uh, Phoenix about you know working on a trade, but other than that, it was pretty much it. It didn't say anything on Phoenix's end on things. I know Brian Winhorst last night on his YouTube podcast did mention Indiana and Minnesota as sleepers mm-hmm. for yep. DeAndre Ayton. So, you know, I think the Pacers right now, uh, not trying to get off topic, but in terms of DeAndre Ayton, I think they're just trying to play it cool and kind of let it play out. Um, they're not in any rush. They've got all the cap space they need. They still have to make some moves to get more cap space potentially. So I think Indiana is just kind of playing it cool. Uh, similar to the draft, we were very, you know, anxious for them to get rid of some of these guys and make some trades, but I think right now they're just trying to hold on and see what else is out there before they just make a deal. Yeah. I mean, that must be the case right now. Uh, I think, man, I just remember in years past, it felt like you knew when players are meeting with certain teams, like, Hey, on Friday, they're going to take a meeting with this. Like I haven't really heard that other than like, Oh, James Harden's going to meet with the Sixers. It's like, yeah. Okay. We know that, but like, give me an update on Jalen Smith. I hoped Maybe I'm just an idiot and I need to wipe the, 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 the clown makeup off, whatever it is. But I thought to myself, six o'clock, all right, Pacers get a deal done with Jalen Smith. My God, that's a home run right over there. We're going to be <laughs> thrilled. I haven't heard of Jalen Smith meeting with anyone. I know that I read that the Spurs are interested. Don't know how real that is. He's still a young player that could potentially, you know, fit their timeline with what they're doing. But man, I thought, look, if the Pacers can at least get it done with one of their own. Then, then day one was a success. Now at this point, what are we doing with all this money? Because the Pacers started the day with about the third most cap it, cap space in the league. And, you know, we're still wondering, well, who's going to take Brogdon? What are we going to do over here? So it's a major waiting game right now. And, uh, you know, safe to say I'm getting a little impatient. Well, you know, patience is a virtue, Fachi. So just it wait, hold, hold out a little bit. I, I know that it's easy to want to jump off the cliff here because you're just ready for something to happen. But when Kevin Durant says he wants to be traded and then the Nets say, okay, fire cell here. We're going to trade more guys. Kyrie Irving's now available. Um, I don't think Ben Simmons is on the, on the table. It seems like he's the least likely to be dealt, but there's a lot of players here in, in Brooklyn that could be moved. And I think you kind of have to wait for that domino to fall. And I'm sure people are tired of, tired of hearing me say that, but you know, in terms of the point guard situation, like for Malcolm Brogdon, it's just like a lot of these teams are, are sharing up on point guards. Like Washington was a team that we talked about. Not only did they trade for Monty Morris, but they signed um, – who, who did they sign again tonight? DeLon, uh, Wright. DeLon, DeLon Wright. That's yep. right. Sorry, I'm, my names are getting all confused here with everybody I have written down. But they got DeLon Wright for, you know, two years, $16 million. Pretty good value on that, and it's a lot cheaper than Brogdon, and, and it's a shorter contract. So – I understand why teams are doing this. Obviously, the Knicks now, they went after Jalen Brunson. They got the guy they wanted for for $104 million. Kudos to them for probably spending more money than I think Brunson's worth. But, you know, that's what you got to do to get guys to your team from another team. Now it comes down to Colin Sexton. I think whoever goes after him and the team that misses out on him will, will now look to Brogdon. But, you know, it would not surprise me if Indiana tries to get involved in some type of three-way deal with the Nets and maybe Phoenix here. The only thing that I, I, I'm a little bit fearful of is would there be some repercussions for the Pacers in terms of negotiations if they try to assist the team uh, helping, uh, you know, like the Suns get Kevin Durant, you know, 
that that to me is like does that have any repercussions because oh they're the team that helped them cool that sucks you know that that's kind of where i'm at with it but overall i just feel like you know the pacers have a decent squad already they're pretty loaded anyway roster wise roster spot wise so they don't they're not trying to make too many moves but none of their free agents have even been linked to anybody in terms of potential dudes hey i mean look you know sometimes you want to have guys that are wanted but at the same point i'm all right with there not being like a major market for jalen smith you know i'm cool with that hey great awesome but I think that he could end up being one of those players that after the dust settles, then all of a sudden his market picks up. Also, TJ Warren, you know, hey, a couple of years ago, Warren was hitting free agency. Pacers would be worried they might lose him. Yeah. But instead, it's like, I heard the Heat are linked, but we know the Heat re-upped on Oladipo, one-year $11 million deal. Um, Dwayne Dedman uh, resigned over there for, I want to say, it's like $9 million, two-year deal. Um, so at this point, you know, I don't know. Maybe the Heat are still interested. He also, I'm sure, want to enter the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. So I would imagine at that point, TJ Warren's someone who kind of, you know, falls by the wayside for them. We've heard Boston is interested in them. But now I want to know where that market really is because we spitballed, you know, a little while ago. Hey, would $13 million for Warren, one-year deal, get it done, matches what he made last year. I don't know if anyone's even coming close to offering something like that. So, oh, yeah. you know, his market could be really down. Maybe the Pacers end up getting a steal based on saying, hey, this is a spot that you could be a starter on, get your value up and everything like that. But I don't think the Pacers, I don't think he's going to take too low of an offer with the Pacers. So, look, I would like TJ Warner return if the money is right, if the role is right, but it really depends on what both parties want to get out of it. Because, you know, Warren – wants to protect himself, probably get that value back up. Good shot on a, on a short-term deal. I just don't know if he wants to sign that long-term deal while you think maybe he does want to kind of lock that in. Yeah, that's that's a tough spot to be in there for T.J. Warren because it's like he hasn't played in two years. I know, it's tough. It, it, really doesn't, really, it doesn't really make any sense for this Pacers team. And I was listening to Scott Agnes talk about T.J. Warren's situation today on the radio. And basically he said, T.J. Warren – kind of just ghosted everybody he hadn't been talking to anybody in terms of like what's going on there's been no clarification on what kind of injury he had Scott said he tried talking to Rick Carlisle about it and Rick said he didn't feel like it was his place to share TJ Warren's medical information so you know I think there could be some more concerns there than we're we're sure about now I do know Scott did a piece with David West talking about TJ Warren and and the vibe and and the tone of voice that he said from David West in his conversation made it seem like Warren was likely on the way out. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know what, what, where Warren fits. I I've heard Miami as a potential a spot for him that was reported. I don't really know what, what they're doing right now. I think they're trying to get in on the Kevin Durant situation. Yeah. So this might be one of those things too, where you have to wait for those dominoes fall Durant for Warren. I mean, I'm just, I know it sounds stupid, but you know, I, I think a team though that that could take a risk on him would be somebody like a Denver, would be somebody that's already got a pretty good team lined up and they can just promise him, you know, a chance to get healthy and get back because I feel like wherever he goes, if he's healthy, he's going to be impactful. Don't think the Bucks make a whole lot of sense or the or the Sixers because they made some mm-hmm. pretty decent signings. But Utah, another team that could make some sense because not only did they cut Juancho Hernan Gomez, they also traded Royce O'Neal for a first-round pick, opening up, 
you know, room on their roster for somebody. And I just really don't know what they're doing either. First of all, we call him Bo Cruz from here on out from the movie Hustle, all right? But if you haven't seen that, <laughs> enjoyable Adam Sandler movie. But second of all, yeah, no, look, he would make sense in a Utah over there. Getting a first-round pick from Royce O'Neal, did, did that surprise you? Because it surprised me that Brooklyn's in a weird spot. They're going to deal a first right now when they're about to have players going out. Wouldn't you want more first-round picks coming in? But – I thought that and, was interesting. Yeah, Fox, real quick. I don't, I don't understand that trade. Like, it was right after the Kevin Durant. Right after it. News right. was reported. So they already knew about that. There's no yeah. doubt about it. So why? I mean, maybe they're still trying to compete. I mean, maybe that's what they're thinking. Okay, we're going to trade Durant, but we're going to get an all-star back. Oh, yeah. Roy, so I, I'm, I'm, they got Ben Simmons. Okay, like, I, yeah. I'm just saying they got Ben Simmons. They still have Kyrie Irving technically on the roster. They could trade him as well. But if they're going to get a package back for Durant, it's not going to be bad players. So they're going to want an all-star or an all-star caliber player. Yeah. They can still kind of compete. They got Nick Claxton back. They, I don't know what in the world Patty Mills is thinking, but he went back there as well. He did. So, you know, they don't have a terrible team, but um, one of my sleepers, Bruce Brown, is still out there, Fosh. So he is. That's kind of where I'm looking at. So, I mean, but anyway, I I just don't really know what they're doing. But I think Royce O'Neal is a good player, and he's got a short-term deal, two years left on his contract, I think around $9 million per year. So not the worst deal. They still have Seth Curry, Joe Harris. Like they got a lot of role players that could fit really well around Ben Simmons if he's able to be himself again. So I don't know. Maybe they're just hoping to try to Band-Aid this thing instead of rebuild because they don't have their first-round picks. They're owed to Houston. That's the thing. They can't afford to bottom out. If they bottom out, all of a sudden, yeah, they'll, they'll get some other picks. But you trade Kevin Durant to a team, you're probably trading him to a borderline somewhat contender. So if they really did fully bottom out, that pick's going to the Rockets. So it, it would be really interesting over there. But one thing that they did, Nick Claxton, you mentioned it briefly, two-year, $20 million deal. We heard before that that Brooklyn really wasn't interested in DeAndre Ayton. Do you feel like now after the Claxton re-signing that maybe it is a safe bet that Brooklyn doesn't want in on that for Aiton? Well, there is reporting out there that says the Brooklyn Nets are not interested in DeAndre Aiton. So it's real. That could be leverage. That, yep. that could be leverage. So I, I'm not sure. DeAndre Aiton wants to be the number one guy. I don't necessarily like his fit next to Ben Simmons personally. I mean, no. it's, uh, it's okay. I, I think of Simmons more of like, how I would utilize him is how Milwaukee kind of utilizes Giannis okay. as that point forward type guy, yeah, get a yeah. bunch of guards around him, let him play center sometimes where he's guarding centers on defense, but playing center or playing point guard on offense and, you know, just kind of allow him to do that. I don't think he's nearly as good as Giannis. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to go no, and say that, yeah. but I'm just saying like a similar role. I mean, because now they got to figure out what the future is of their team. They spent a lot of money to get Ben Simmons. They traded James Harden. So, you know, that was a big deal when they acquired James Harden and they pretty much just flipped him in like seven months for Ben Simmons, probably not even that uh, quick of a turnaround. But overall, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of surprised here with DeAndre Ayton. The market does not seem to be that uh, large. Not a lot of teams have cap space. Detroit, I think they have like $9 million left with their cap. So they're definitely out of the running. It's going to come down to teams with cap is like Indiana and San Antonio. And then other than that, you're looking at teams for sign and trade. So if I'm if I'm DeAndre Ayton and I'm looking at my options, 
you know, Minnesota would be interesting. They're, they're a pretty good playoff team, but is it a great fit with Towns and Edwards and everything? Like, I, I can talk myself into it. But the Spurs, no way. The, the Spurs don't yeah. have any promising young players on their roster, in my opinion, uh, unless you believe Josh Primo is going to be something great and, and they get Victor Wimbanyama. So I think Indiana's got a good shot to try to they make They do, though. Because Tyrese Halliburton, I think, would be a perfect pick-and-roll partner uh, one-two punch kind of partner for DeAndre Ayton. And then you throw in Benedict Matherin in the mix with that as well. I just feel like it makes too much sense. And when you say throw in Benedict Matherin, let's also talk about two guys with Arizona ties. All yeah. right. So, Hey, you know, I'm sure, you know, they, they could be someone that, I don't know. I don't know what it's like if they've ever shared any conversations they played on, you know, under, you know, I don't know if it's the same coach anymore, actually. Um, but at this, because there was a whole scandal that Aiton kind yeah, of got Sean, wrapped up in. Yeah, Sean know. Miller was. Uh, I yep. think I think Matherin had Sean Miller for one year, and then maybe uh, then he had the, the I forget the coach's name. I'm so Lloyd something. Yeah, I, I I forgot it as well. But either way, <laughs> look, I think that if you're looking on paper, you're looking at the Spurs, and I think that to tell you the truth, DeAndre just kind of cares about how many zeros are in the check. But if he, if it's not just that. Tyrese Halliburton is going to be way more appealing than whoever is going to be the starting point guard for the San Antonio Spurs. And you know that Halliburton's going to be there. You know, you would you would strongly imagine and put it at a 99.9% chance, Halliburton's going to be there for years and years to come in Indiana. So I feel like the situation around, around him is great. Hey, I, I think that this is the shot that the Pacers had to be able to get Alex. I'm going to put it out there. This could be the biggest free agent signing the Pacers have ever had. So when yeah. you go through them, you look at David West, then you look at a sign trade, you look at Malcolm Brogdon. Maybe we were just so like in the moment to be like, hey, look, I remember what it was like when we did that sign trade for Brogdon. It was a big deal. Now all of a sudden you're looking at this is a number one pick who's entering his prime, 23 years old. So it's like, did I sell myself a lot on DeAndre in this morning and last night? Yes, I did. I watched a lot of highlights, dove through a lot of stats a lot of stuff, and I just felt like, you know what? Hey, I know center is not the position you want to overpay, but when the Pacers aren't necessarily the first option for a lot of, you know, potential all-star players, the things are, it's aligning. The stars are lining up. We're over here. We can get a really good player who's really young that can grow with this core. The only question is now, Alex, if no one's offering the max, do the Pacers try and offer less than the max and take a risk? They could, but then the Suns could just sign him and then trade him by December, right? I think that's yeah. how it would work. Maybe they'd have to wait a certain time past December. I, I forget what all the rules are. Don't don't quote me on that, people. But um, they could do that, Fachi. I don't think they will. I think they could work a sign and trade out where they yeah. pay him the max. That that's me makes the that makes the most sense. I've been I've been kind of bullish on how I feel about the DeAndre Ayton stuff. I've been very in that corner. And I know some people are probably tired of hearing me talk about it, but I just really believe in DeAndre Ayton as a player. No matter where he goes, I think he's going to be really good. I just want to see him here in Indiana because there's a lot of question marks with Miles Turner. Let's just be honest here, Fachi. Expiring contract, said he wants to test free agency. He's never been a free agent before. You know, if you get Ayton now, you get him locked up long-term. I don't feel comfortable locking Miles Turner up long-term, 25-plus million per year. I think that's what he's going to get. I think – Turner is a good player, not a great player. I think Aiton is significantly better than Miles Turner. Um, I think his ceiling is higher. So that to me is why I would just go all in and not even think two things about it. Like 
if you were just doing this to Trey Turner for nobody, then no, I wouldn't be a fan of that. But you're mm-hmm. literally upgrading the position. You're getting a better player that fits this young core. You know, you're not getting any older with, with the trade. I know that Turner is only like a year older than than DeAndre Ayton, but still, you know, he's somebody that fits that youth movement. I, I don't think the Pacers would be good enough, even with DeAndre Ayton, to to be a serious playoff team. They're, they nope, might, not yet. They might be playing, but I still don't even see that because – you're going to need, you know, you're, yeah. you're going to need leaps from Benedict Matherin. You're going to need yes. leaps from Jackson and Duarte and Brissett all to make that happen. So you're, you're banking on everything happening. And I don't, I don't think it will. I think it'll take time, but you know, with that being said, want to give a quick update. Tommy Lloyd is the name of the coach yes. at Arizona. Now I knew that Lloyd was in, I'm sorry. I just wanted to correct ourselves because I just feel like we got to be able to be more respectful and know these guys' names. But Tommy Lloyd, the new coach of Arizona, he was previously at Gonzaga with Mark Few. And so that that to me, though, Fachi, overall, um, if you have the chance to get DeAndre Ayton, you just do it and don't think twice about it. I, I think we've heard enough smoke from multiple different sources that the Pacers have interest in Ayton for them to not at least be considering it. And I think if they weren't considering it, they probably would have already made a move or two today. Agreed with that. Look, it's been smoky out here. Smoke season. Call your local fire department. But at this point, when ESPN doesn't cover the Pacers enough and they start covering the Pacers, linking them to Aiton, there's legs there. When you're getting your Brian Windhorst talking about or your Bobby Marks, and they're doing that. It means because it makes sense and people are hearing whispers behind the scenes. And when you talked about Miles Turner before, look, this isn't a uh, trade Turner for whatever first round pick you can get. It's no trade Turner for a guy that was the number one overall pick. So it, it, it's a very much a different situation than just trying to be like, hey, let's just start fresh. It's no, let's bring in a really talented player over here. So unless your name is Jermaine O'Neal, I'm playing. I'm rooting for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. So it, we got to make these business decisions for the better of the team and take our heart out of it. That's how we get better. It's how we raise the ceiling of this team by bringing in guys that have not scratched the surface of what their prime could be compared to, you know, no offense with Turner seven years in averages of just under 13 and seven best shot blocker, you know, potentially on the planet. Yeah, very well could be. There's more to the game than just that. And if the Pacers want us get out of that treadmill of mediocrity, making a playoff, you know, being making the, the playoffs, six seed, you know, whatever it is, uh, every time they kept winning 45 games, this is how you do it. You get a player that can raise the ceiling of the team. Uh, I, I do believe that DeAndre Aiden is that player. But one quick thing to go back on, you know, uh, just did Andre Drummond sign with the Bulls. Yeah, I remember when that used to be uh, relevant news. Man, whew, that guy. Well, they upgraded their well, – they upgraded. years ago. They upgraded from Tristan Thompson <laughs> by getting Andre yeah. Drummond. Hey. Now, does Andre Drummond make it more easy to move Nikola Vucevic? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I mean, Andre Drummond is a really good backup center. He is at this point. I don't think Vooch is a great center. He's good. Don't get me no, wrong. No, no, he, he took Vooch has his limitations. Back. Yes, he does. He took a step back. And when you think of the, the fact that they traded two first-round picks, Wendell Carter, and then even, you know, had, whatever, Otto Porter's salary filler, it was a lot to give up for Vooch. So I just feel like he's not going to be able to live up to what they had to give up. And then you look at the Bulls then. The second you max out Zach Levine, this is all you got. This is your team. So I think they would kind of be testing the market for Vooch. I know he helped get DeMar DeRozan there due to their days back at USC, but Vooch, uh, I don't know if he's going to cut it for them. So it's going to be interesting. But one thing that you made before that it's kind of stuck with me, one thing you said, the Miami Heat being interested in TJ Warren, just to quickly touch on that. Is there a part of you that just feels sick if that <laughs> happens? Because I don't want to live in the past, but I remember a time when TJ Warren was flipping the bird at Jimmy Butler and people were circling on their calendar. I can't wait to see this. And it's just like, man, I, I've been there. You've been there. All Pacer Nation has been there when we saw Oladipo crossover. So now it's like, if we see TJ Warren crossover, it's like, Come on, man, please. Like, I don't want Miami to just be that team that just beats us and takes our players from us. Well, it, it only makes me feel a little bit justified because we know then that, of course, Jimmy Butler could not win a championship without two Pacers, Victor Oladipo yeah. and TJ Warren. So you can spin it however you want. Um, real quickly, though, I think we need to transition here a little bit and talk about a name or two that have been linked to the Pacers and, and, the, and the most important name, I think, is to bring up tonight, unfortunately, with what happened yesterday, not a good situation, but Deion, excuse me, Miles Bridges, you know, a name that was heavily linked to the Indiana Pacers as someone they could go after in terms of free agency. He's a restricted free agent with the Hornets. He was arrested last night, Fachi, and he is out on bail, no doubt about that. You know, he's got the money, he's able to get out of bail, whatever. Uh, with whatever charges, and there's a video of him on Instagram working out tonight. So, you know, obvious little bit of a, a sensitive subject because of 
what he did. Do not, you know, want to applaud him at all for that. And actually, I'm, I'm not really trying to get into it too much because we're covering the basketball side of it, but I do feel incredibly sad for his girlfriend, everything she had to go through with this whole situation. And I'm praying and hoping that, you know, Bridges is able to overcome from what, what he's going through and hopefully they can resolve this and, and never happens again because domestic abuse is, is a serious thing. And I don't want to get too far into it, but that's just where I'm at. I just think this puts a big red flag on the Pacers' chances of getting uh, Miles Bridges. Absolutely. Domestic abuse, just horrible. Really, I do not know enough facts about the situation, so I don't want to act like I know everything over there. What I know is that the man is on, he's making the news for the wrong reasons at the worst time. I really hope that everyone involved in the situation is all right, can come away, learn something from this, and that, you know, no real harm has been done. But at the same point, I don't want to get into that specificness. Well, but touching on just the basketball side of things, talked about it maybe one or two episodes ago. I had mentioned that Bridges, there's a couple questions about him off the court. Some interesting photos that he posts from time to time of some extracurricular activities that doesn't make you feel very encouraging to give a guy like that a max contract. Because when you give someone a max contract, you're asking them to almost be the face of your organization, someone that you're putting all your chips in on. And when you talk about the Pacers, they're a team that really only gets one real shot at this. Maybe two, we've never even had a contract anywhere even near this. I mean, Jermaine O'Neal years ago signed a seven-year contract that would have been for far less money than Bridges' four-year deal. So it's just like, you know, we're paying guys 22 million. You're talking about Bridges, a guy could be making over $30 million for the Pacers. So at this point, with everything that went on last night, I don't feel comfortable moving forward in this situation, and I don't know who else does. I don't know what his market has become. I haven't heard of any teams that are that are really interested or met with them yet. There's just a lot of questions that need to be sorted out, and I, I think that you know maybe the Pacers did have plans for Bridges. Maybe they mm -hmm. did, and maybe that's why today was so quiet. But either way, I, I think the Pacers are out of the running. They, they are very conscious of the, of the players that they bring in, trying to get away from everything that happened from the brawl days and, and shake that whole image. And I know it's been a long time, and I don't think they want to touch this type of situation. No, and I, and I don't want to be too critical of Miles Bridges here because we all make mistakes. We're all human beings and whatever. I'm not justifying what he did, but I'm just saying we're all human. He's a very young person. But just it, it just shows a level of immaturity, in my opinion, Fachi, for him to know that today is a day that he could be getting a max contract from somebody and for him to go through that situation that he went through. And uh, it just seems like he, it's a cry for help, in my opinion. This is a guy that desperately, desperately needs to figure things out off the court more than on the court. He's a talented basketball player, mm -hmm. but it, it, if you're not able to be able to compartmentalize everything you're going through and not be able to handle your emotions. Like, you know, maybe you need to talk with somebody, figure things out because who, kn who knows why he, he did what he did. I, I have no idea. Like you said, we have no information on it, but to me, knowing that you're about to get, you know, a great opportunity here to sign a contract, you know, money, rich, and, and, a huge opportunity. And to make that big of a mistake, you know what I'm saying? That, that big of a decision that could alter your entire career, you know, it's, it's, 
it's not a good place for him to be in. So I think the Pacers are pretty much out on that. I think it would I think so. send a lot of you know negative feedback if they were to go after him. I, I think that this probably makes it a lot easier for Charlotte to figure out a deal with him. Yep. And I don't think he ends up getting the max now. I really don't. I, I, don't. I think I think with what he did, he put himself in a bad situation, and now he's going to have to be put on probably a prove a deal, probably a decent contract. Still, don't get me wrong, but it will not be what he was hoping to get because when you make those kind of mistakes, it's just, it it really does, you know, it it just hurts you in the long run. No, it really does. And it's just a situation that, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll we'll wrap up that topic now and then we'll wait until we hear (laughs) more answers on that. But, you know, yeah, I I think at this point it's a situation the Pacers cannot touch. And at this point, Hey, when you have this much money moving forward, if you're not going to go after a guy like Aiden and say, you can't, get a guy like Jalen Smith, say it doesn't work out. What do the Pacers look to do? Do they look to maybe use that money, you know, through, through trade, through acquiring someone, taking on salary? Because we've talked about this free agent group. Alex, it's not strong. It really isn't. You know, guys, guys like TJ Warren, I don't know if maybe this helps them to be able to get more money if the Pacers can't spend their current money or what do they do? But I don't see them just, tossing money around just to toss it i think the pacers have always you know historically built through the trade so maybe they do look for options like that to see what else is out there via trade and you know like pritchard said in terms of the draft they didn't want to force it but they they preserve their assets so they still do own all their picks they still do own the Cavs first round pick so with that maybe they they you know find a way to leverage some of those assets into trading for a player that they could use their cap space for yeah, I mean, there's still there's still op- options out there that they could look at. I mean, they're not going to be big name ones like you're talking like Bielitsa, those kind of guys. Maybe Otto Porter Jr. I know that was somebody you threw out. Just yeah. throwing out, you know, names Eric Pascal. I think he's a restricted free agent. So you know, there's some names out there they could go after. But at the end of the day, I think I think they probably just kind of keep their roster if they don't make any significant moves. And maybe they bring back Jalen Smith. Maybe they don't. But Still, that opens up opportunities for O'Shea and Terry Taylor and Isaiah Jackson. And, and maybe they look at some of these guys that they have on their G League uh, roster coming up and some of the guys they have on their Summer League roster. I don't know if you saw that, but they did release their Summer League roster today. I've already claimed them as the Summer League champions. I just feel I it. hope so. Let's hang a banner. Let's <laughs> but, do it. But what about Fan Bozang? That's somebody we talked about as well. Play with the G League Ignite. Like, would you rather just have him as your third string power forward instead of paying for a guy like Eric Pascal, you know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of where I would rather invest my money and seeing a young guy develop or a Jermaine Samuels from Villanova, than you know, give it to somebody that's probably not going to be here long-term. You know, I think we're going to learn pretty quickly what the Pacers intentions are this year, because if they elect to not go after a guy like DeAndre, and if they elect to not resign a TJ Warren and say they do miss out, on a Jalen Smith, then we might be knowing, hey, look, you know, maybe not to say the Pacers are tanking, but maybe they really want to just continue to just get a good, real good look at this team, let the youth be on full display, and see where you end up in the draft. And then, you know, focus on next offseason when it is going to be a much better free agent class. Yeah, no, and I agree with you, Fachi. So, as we wrap this up, obviously no Pacers news today in terms of signings, but, you know, the market was impacted. I think, you know, quickly just to recap all the trades that happened over the last couple of days to get you guys all up to speed on that. Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks were fitted to Detroit for two second round picks and $6 million. 
Royce O'Neal was traded to Brooklyn for a first-round pick. Um, Will Barton and Monty Morris were traded to Washington for Fachi's Contavious Caldwell Pope and Ishmith. And then DeJounte Murray was traded <laughs> to the Hawks for three first-round picks of pick swap and Danilo Gallinari. And Gallinari will be waived and bought out per Woj. So, you know, those were the big trades that I think could have an impact. But, you know, Jalen Brunson is signing. Any other signings, though, Fachi, that we didn't hit on that you thought were a little bit not surprising, but, you know, like, okay, didn't see that one coming. I guess that would be surprising. <laughs> but uh, just some, 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 some signings that you just maybe were a little bit surprised by. Well, I wasn't really surprised, but Lou Dort got the bag. All right, yeah. five years, $87.5 million. The man was undrafted playing on a such a bargain bin deal for OKC. I want to say, like, he might have made, like, $1.9 million this past year. Now, all of a sudden, he upgraded to $17.5 million per year, uh, an average out of that. Um, so I thought that was a really good deal for him. And I think for, you know, I like him as a player. I think for OKC – they had a lot of money to spend. So, um, you know, good, good move over there. Chris Boucher got $35 million over three years. So, you know, good, good stuff. I thought the Knicks, hey, you, you wrapped up Brunson, Isaiah Hartenstein over there on a two-year $16 million deal. I thought that was good. But last move, I guess, uh, you know, Dallas got JaVale McGee, uh, three years, $20 million. So, I guess, uh, you know, I mean, whatever. P.J. Tucker to the, the Sixers, three years, 33. So, there was some some good moves over there. Bobby Porter's cashed in and returned to the Bucks. I like what the Bucks are doing. Yeah. So there there was some some smaller moves, but man, is it just me or did it feel like free agency like was like for today was like wrapped up like thirty minutes basically? Oh yeah, all the big moves happened within the hour. I mean, honestly, it was so much so quick, and then it kind of tailed off. And we know how free agency goes. It, It'll last for a couple of weeks. You'll see some guys like Lance Stevenson finally get signed in two or three weeks. But, you know, I, I definitely think that what the Lakers did was pretty impressive considering where they're at. I like um, Lonnie Walker the fourth. I think he's a good player for what they got him for, $6.5 million for one year. They also got Troy Brown on a minimum deal and then Juan Toscano-Anderson on, on a minimum deal as well. So I think that them going the younger route makes a little bit more sense than what they did last year, where they just added every veteran they could think of. And it was a little bit just like veteran overload. So I think going younger makes some more sense for them. Not really sure what Orlando's doing, bringing back Mo Bamba and Gary Harris was a little that bit surprised, surprised by that. I think maybe one of the more underrated signings was Kyle Anderson going to Minnesota for yeah. Two years, $18 million. I think he could be a nice change of pace piece for them. Anytime you can add wing depth, that's really good. And then other than that, you already pretty much hit on everything. I do love, I'll, I'll echo what you said. I love what Milwaukee's doing, mm-hmm. bringing in Joe Ingles, re-signing their guys, Wes Matthews, your boy, Javon Carter. Oh, yeah. And uh, Bobby Portis, like you said. And then, of course, we got the Philadelphia uh Houston Rockets 76ers exactly. matchup there running it back basically you know yeah. trying to relive the glory days but when you think about running it back like the magic like I, I thought Mo Bamba <laughs> was really going to go out there and be like all right you know what I want to change the scenery it didn't really like fully work out in Orlando so that was interesting Gary Harris I thought he was going to try and like ring, ring chase or something like that but you know I could have seen him going to like LA or something, but I mean, $12 million a year for him, I think at this point, you know, maybe that was the best offer out there, but you and I, we discussed Kyle Anderson. We, we floated his name around $9 million per year. I mean, 
if the Pacers had made that signing, I, I mean, what would you have thought? I would have thought, why are we doing this before we get into the DeAndre Ayton sweepstakes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so, look. On night know, one, I, I'm glad we're not, like, yeah, jumping the gun to get Doug McDermott-type players. Mm-hmm. You know how that was two years oh, ago. I'm then, I mean, I stayed up late. That's when free agency was 12 midnight. a.m., yeah. you know? I, I remember being like, anything could happen tonight. And I was like, Doug McDermott. Mark Bartlestein. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah like, Doug McDermott. Per Mark Bartlestein. I was like, Yay. What a Pacers move. Go get a white shoe. You know, the, the first minute, you know, so it's just it, from there. I knew I was just like, I think it, I want to say Gary Harris was the guy I was gunning for at that point. Uh, you know, crazy how, how much changes now. Now I'm like, man, Gary Harris returned to the magic. Ugh. But it's just like, I remember when he was a free agent and I want to say Denver ended up re-signing him and, you know, but uh, yeah, I remember that that was, that must've been what, like 2018 or something, something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. T- time flies, and here we are now on the on the day of free agency. Uh, this time, doing even less. So, <laughs> well, exactly. You know, it, it could have been it could have been worse. You know, that's the same year we got Tyreek Evans. Is the same year we got Doug oh McDermott. There was a lot of smoke out there that we could have got JJ Riddick. I think he actually confirmed that. I, I believe. You know, it. I wanted that for a while. I yeah, did. JJ and Doug. I mean, two wide shooters. Man, that sounds like Indiana for you right there, brother. But you know, where the paces are at now, I think they're in a good spot. I think that overall, you just want your young guys to develop, and I don't want time being taken away from those young guys for some of these free agents. You know, this is not a great free agency class. We've talked about that, so I'm not too concerned. There's not been a lot of trades over the last, you know, day or so. So the the, the big one was the Spurs one. There's been some minor ones, but nothing significant. And so I think the Pacers are just trying to wait it out. Just be patient, everybody. I know it's tough. It's hard to hear me say tough. that, but just be patient, Fachi. Patience is a virtue. I'm going to try, but here's what I'm going to say. Look, before Alex and I wrap up, I just hope we don't have to scrap this episode and do a third one if we make a splash in a little bit. So, but let, you know, let's just hope this is the last <laughs> one for the day. But, I, you know, selfishly, I, I do hope I wake up to something in the middle of the night like, whoa, Pacers made something crazy happen. And it's just like, you know, you could just go into the weekend with a little pep in the step on a Friday being like, hey, I don't know about you guys, but I think we're the ones that signed DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, for, for now, Alex, was there anything else that you wanted to add? No, I was getting a little nervous because as you were talking, I got a Woj notification and it said Andre Drummond's contract details. So I was like, okay, Saw that. I was a little bit nervous. I said, man, Fachi, you're, you're, you're jinxing this here. But no, other than that, I would just say today's a good day to celebrate Fachi, even though we did not get anybody on the books. We got somebody off the books. Monte Ellis, no longer a part of the Pacers it's financial time. plan. He it's is gone. Time. I know it was just $2.5 million, but it was the fact of seeing his name on our cap sheet that just rubbed me wrong. You know, it was just like at the time, I remember being thrilled the Pacers waved and stretched him. Well, you know what? Hey, it's a little extra money coming our way to spend on someone that's actually going to contribute at least a minute of basketball this year. Absolutely, Fachi. So with that being said, let the people know where they can find us at on, you guys know, social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Gold NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at setting the pace. You can find us on TikTok at setting the pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. All right, everybody, check us out on YouTube at setting the pace, a Pacers podcast. We will have a brand new video up there for you. It is the Scott Drew interview with Fachi. So um, if you guys didn't get a chance to listen to that podcast, check out the interview. You can see Scott 
um, just smiling the whole time, you know, giving giving Fachi some of that charm back that Fachi always gives our guests. So it was a it was a charm off. I'll be honest it there, was but an old fashioned charm off. Big Twelve charm off, but who knows? The Big Twelve might look crazier than the Big Ten here in a couple of years. You never know with how things are going. UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten fight. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did. That's big news. Big what? Ten's going to be very tough. The Pac-12 going downhill. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense what's happening in college basketball. But with that being said, Fudge, if you're hoping the Pacers somehow find a way to get Jalen Smith back on the roster soon, very soon, say these three words. Let's go Pacers! <laughs>